Blog Talk Radio. listening to the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show from, or if you are listening it later on as a podcast. Welcome, welcome to the program. This is Julie Brain Lady Anderson. I am your host for the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show, as well as the Brain Lady Speaks Show. So if you want to hear me on that, take a listen to the all things neuroscience and neuropsychology on the Brain Lady Speaks Show. But for now, we are on the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show. And once again, we have an amazing guest. I am, the topic we're going to discuss today is, it, it's, it's a wonderful topic. It is a topic that is in support of a lot of the issues that we are dealing with right now in the midst of 2020. And the guest is well-versed and a a wonderful person with a great communications background. So let me give you a little bit of, well, wait a minute. Before I do introduce her, I would like to remind everyone, please stay on till the end of the program. That is when you are going to hear all of the links on how to stay connected with the, with our guest this afternoon or this morning. And it is also when you will find out how you can continue to work with or connect with women entrepreneurs extraordinaire more. We are the one-stop shop for resources for women, resources, and wellness and health and business. Whether you are an entrepreneur or you are working your way through a, a business and your career, we are here to support you. So check us out, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. Let me tell you a little bit about our topic. Our topic of today is how to support black employees and coworkers right now during this current situation. And this is a situation that is, or a time period that it's, it's a lot of shifts are taking place. A lot of attention is going into the topic of Black Lives Matter. And we're going to discuss it on a corporate level. So what does that topic mean on a corporate level? How do we, how does everyone support women of color as they, as employees, as coworkers, as individuals that we meet. And we are going to do this via our interview of our expert, Charlene Wheelis. Now, let me tell you a little bit mm-hmm. about Charlene. Uh, Charlene, for, forgive me if I pronounced your last name wrong, but Charlene is a renowned <laughs> communications expert, an author, a speaker, and more than three decades of experience in corporate communications. After serving 15 years in C-suite positions, her life took an unexpected turn when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, I hear another topic for another show. Today, she (laughs) combines her extensive knowledge of leadership and communications with her skill managing adversity to help others to learn and retain authenticity in life, in business, and find strength in vulnerability. I really like that. Charlene, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Julie. I am so excited to be here with you today. Now tell me, okay, did I murder your mm-hmm. last name? 
Uh, no, it's wheelless, like without it wheels. It is wheelless. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> good, good to know. Well, I always like to start off uh, the shows by finding out a little bit of my guest background. Like what, what sure. was it that drew you into becoming a communications professional? Well, you know, I'm one of those uh, strange people that knew what I wanted to do by my second semester in college, in undergrad. And I decided that I was going to uh, major in journalism and PR, um, which I did. And I just never looked back um, until I did. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> I, um, you know, I went on and, and got a master's degree in communications and then an MBA. And I had just been... Um, loving my uh, communications career and being a chief communications officer and uh, until I decided that it was time to make a pivot. Interesting. And I can't wait to hear more about that pivot. Now you have a, you have a very um, interesting perspective because of the fact that we see in corporate today, the statistics are clear. We do not see that many women in general, regardless mm-hmm. of race, in that C-suite position. And you added another element to that when you include that you were a black woman in the C-suite. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like, and, and if you've been in this for, or you served that for 15 years, you, you were going back a couple of decades. So it was even more of a challenge, I would I would think then than it is now. What what's been your experience mm-hmm. as a black woman in that C-suite position? Well, it's been uh, challenging, and it has um, enabled me or forced me to be a trailblazer, right? And to uh, really learn um, how to operate uh, within a corporate environment, or excuse me, within corporate environments when the uh, playing field is not level. You know, I have been uh, fortunate or unfortunate enough that in several companies that I've worked for, I was the first black female executive. And in some cases at that time, the only black female executive. So it's um, it's an exciting place to be. It's a challenging place to be and it's lonely and it has a lot of meaning to it. Um, beyond just your own career. And, and what I mean by that is in one of my positions, well, actually it's happened in more than one, um, I've had other black women come uh, speak with me uh, who were not in mid-level management, let alone executive management. And mm-hmm. they said, you know, it's really exciting to see you here and we hope you stay because it gives us hope. Because if you stay, then that means that there's hope that others like you can succeed here. And so, um, so there's, a, there's an honor to it, but there, and there's also a burden to it. Because if you don't stay, what does that communicate to the people who are watching? All right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. What a, what a position to be in as a trailblazer. And it is. It's a sobering a sobering thing to reflect on the Im- the impact that your actions are going to have on other people for the positive mm-hmm. or for the negative. So while it's definitely that compliment to be able to say, all right, you know, I, I 
I've opened the door for others. It's I got to keep that mm-hmm. door open and make sure I don't do anything that's going <laughs> right. to perhaps inch it closed. And, and you're, we were talking before the show, um, Charlene is located right outside of Washington, D.C. So a lot of the companies mm-hmm. I'm sure that you've worked with have been connected to uh, very important things within that climate. Now, as absolutely. an expert, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was just going to say absolutely. Being outside Washington, D.C., the types of companies that you work with are just are completely different than in other parts of the country. Absolutely. Yeah, I've noticed that when I've gone out there and, and done some speaking for corporates in that in that general area, it's very different than out here on the West Coast. Now, as an expert and a trailblazer, right, mm-hmm. if, you have, if you're talking to other leaders, how can they communicate effectively during these times? So bringing, bringing you that 15 years forward into where we're at now mm-hmm. in a very sure. different different climate. And I, I don't like to say the new normal. I, I'm kind of not, I, I don't think this is normal, right? So it's adjusting to what's happening right now in the year of 2020. And something that we thought was going to last a couple of months has now lasted three quarters of a year, right? So how do you, how do you communicate to leaders how to effectively lead during this time? Because there is that additional mm-hmm. responsibility on those who are in a position of leadership. Oh, uh, absolutely. And with, um, I happen to chair the uh, largest membership organization of global chief communications officers uh, as well. So we talk about this uh, quite a bit because I, I believe with communicators, we have a responsibility to make sure that there is a steady drumbeat and that we are pushing our CEOs and leadership teams to take this very seriously and to understand what's happening uh, in, our, in our country and in our world today uh, because this movement is not a diversity movement at all in, in, in my viewpoint. This is a movement around structural and systemic racism and bias. And so in speaking with uh, CEOs and presidents who've called me, uh, you know, I've really been giving them the unvarnished truth you know, and they'll call and say, hey, Charlene, can you help us with our diversity program? And I say, well, probably, but tell me first what you're doing about the racism that's in your workplace. Uh, and that always starts a very interesting conversation. Uh, but one piece of advice that, or two pieces of advice that I give every CEO and every leader is that you have to lead as a human first and a CEO second because we are in a very human moment and people are hurting. And uh, the second greatest piece of advice I give people is to say, you know, you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because Mm. that's the only way that we're going to be able to address this. To have those uncomfortable conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And And it's up to the CEO and the leadership to create that safe space for those conversations. That's so, so, it's so important, I would think, in, in terms of the ensuring that black employees are supported during this time is being a human first, 
and being mm-hmm. open to have those conversations that you don't necessarily want to have, you know, if they've right. been put behind the door or put at the bottom of the file pile for decades and decades. And now it's something that is, it, it's definitely um, causing a lot of discomfort in a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. You made the point that this is a, that there is just a structural, there is just a racism and bias that exists Share with us, if you don't mind, for just a, a couple mm-hmm. of minutes, what has been your personal experience in that realm as, you know, the trailblazing black CEO or, you know, upper level C-suite mm-hmm. person? What have you, what have you personally experienced that other individuals who are not individual leaders of color probably never even knew existed because, their life was never affected that way. Did that make any Mm -hmm. sense? It made a lot of sense, actually, Julie. And um, I should say, and this is not a shameless plug, but I actually have a book coming out that's built on um, off of a lecture that I give called um, Lessons from Being Invisible. And the whole Mm -hmm. premise is that being a black woman and a black executive, female executive, you are practically invisible um, to your peers uh, in the workplace. It's, um, you know, some of the, um, they call them micro or macro aggressions, but I think they're much bigger than that, which is you, um, you always have to prove that you are worthy or that you are as good as your peer because there is just an assumption that you aren't, right? There's the, the more you uh, put issues on the table that people don't like to talk about, which is something that I do, um, because I believe it's my job to say the unsaid, you run the risk of people completely uh, ignoring you because now they think that you're the angry black woman, right? And mm-hmm. that that's the point that you're coming from, that it's not, it, it's not them, it's you, right? And you hear that often enough that you have to step back and you actually have to ask yourself, you know, is it me or is it this organization, right? It's that you get overlooked or people speak over you. I think, you know, in my day it was just called rude and interrupting and now I guess it's called mansplaining, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Where, you know, a man says, uh, you know, here's what I think Charlene meant to say, as though I can't um, speak for myself, right? The, um, you know, the level of um, profiling that happens in the workplace with women, uh, and particularly black women, is, is actually incredible. You know, I've worked at places where uh, I've led programs and people weren't doing what I was asking them to do. And in one case, as someone who worked for me, who was on my team, um, someone who I, who I just love, and he said to me, you know, Charlene, you need to recognize that people are not used to being told what to do by a woman. And they're especially not used to being told what to do by a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, wow, 
You know, I I did everything right. I got the education. I, you know, I climbed the ladder, you know, through hard work and grit. And yet this is still um, what you face. Or it's the, you know, it's the old, you know, hey, sweetie, can you go get me a cup of coffee? Um, only for them to find out that you're actually the senior person in the room and you're the one running the meeting. Um, and I've, I've had that happen uh, a number of times. You know, you get more questions when you are the expert, right? Because how could you be the expert, right? That's sometimes how, um, and it's almost always men, but not always. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it, it, it is just an incredible experience. And it takes a really strong, um, fearless, person with a lot of resilience uh, to do it. Boy, as I'm, as I'm listening to you speak, I'm kind of, it, do you know what the percentages are? I think I've, I think I have read that there's only about three, three to three and a half percent of C-suite positions held by black individuals. Do you know what that status is Mm -hmm. when you consider that it's a female? Oh, it's, it's much lower. It is much lower. Right now in the uh, Fortune 500, I believe there are four black CEOs, and, uh, and they're all men. Uh, and for, uh, for women, uh, there are no black uh, female CEOs in the Fortune 500. Uh, there was uh, one, Ursula Burns, who was the CEO of Xerox for a while, uh, and there hasn't been anyone who has taken her place. And so if you think that there aren't uh, black female CEOs, then just think farther down the, the organization where there just aren't black female executives. You know, and there's this term, we, we're all familiar with the glass ceiling, right? We've all been, if you've been around long enough, you know, it's, all, it's been about shattering the glass ceiling. But what we didn't know is that for black females, you can shatter the glass ceiling, but the next thing you run into is going to be a concrete wall. Ah. And the, the difference there is if there's a ceiling, a glass ceiling, you can see through it. You know that there more is possible. You just have to figure out how to get there. When you're a black woman and you hit that concrete wall, you can't see anything else. There is nothing else for you. And that's okay. a tough that's a tough lesson. That is it really is. I'm sitting here trying to imagine and put myself in that position. So what's the solution? What are some tips? What are some things that because this is kind of a dismal <laughs> look at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But how right. can leaders So in being an effective leader, because I work with leaders all the time and I work with leaders about Mm -hmm. how to communicate to the different brains and the different personalities Mm -hmm. and male leaders communicating to female leaders and understanding that neuroscience behind it, Mm -hmm. I don't go into the culture that much because that's just not an area that is my expertise. So if you're Mm -hmm. talking to a leader and you're saying, and this leader wants to be the best leader they can be, they want to empower not just for their own benefit of a a better quarterly production or whatever, 
but mm-hmm. to really empower and inspire the people that they are leading, how can they ensure that their black employees who are looking at the possibility of this concrete wall above the glass ceiling, how can they be supported? Well, I think one of the um, first things that, uh, that a leader can do is to be very intentional about having black people in your leadership ranks. I, I think that is the number one thing that makes other black employees feel comfortable and feel that, yes, it is possible here, that maybe the concrete wall does not exist. And I, I talk quite a bit about intentionality on both sides. And what I mean by that is be intentional about hiring black employees and be intentional about setting them up to succeed. You know, if you just say, well, it's just an equal playing field in my company and the cream rises to the top, um, you're really kidding yourself because the playing field has never been equal for black people. And I think the CEOs who recognize that their black employees, um, they need champions. They don't need mentors as much, you know, and, and the way I draw the difference is that when I, when you go into a company, you're assigned or you get a mentor to help you acclimate into the company. Right. And most black people are accustomed to that because we've spent our whole lives trying to make white people comfortable with us being in their space. Well, Mm -hmm. when does that reverse? And what a champion's job is, when you have a champion, that person is your advocate. That's the person who is at the table and who is advocating for you. And if you don't have a champion, you don't have an advocate, not one that can help you move forward. So when I talk to leaders and, I, and they say, I want to be the best leader I can, I tell them, well, let's lead from a point of reality, right? And the reality is that your company is 50 years old and you've never had a black executive, male or female. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself why, Right. Just ask yourself why, and don't tell me that it's a um, that it's a pipeline problem, right? Because it's it's not a pipeline problem. Go find those people. They exist. Intelligent black people who can do amazing things for your business exist. But be intentional about finding them, and be intentional about um, again being uncomfortable at some point, right? I've worked for many companies where you kind of casually say when you hire somebody, you know, I really want to hire that person that I'd just like to sit down and have a beer with, right? Well, if that's your attitude for hiring executives, you're going to have a pretty homogeneous homogeneous, um, leadership team, Mm -hmm. right? Because we all want to sit down and have a beer with people who are exactly like we are. You know, who agree with us, who've had our same backgrounds. So I I think CEOs, I I think this is such an exciting time to be a CEO because you can actually change the trajectory of race relations in our country. And that is powerful. I mean, 2020 can be the year that things changed. 
And we don't have to try to reckon with slavery anymore. We don't have to try to reckon with redlining. We just move forward. And I think CEOs can lead in that effort rather than, um, rather than waiting for government to do it. Yeah. It's when those, if, if, if you just kind of imagine and put in the thoughts, what would happen? What would it look like if, your major companies mm-hmm. began to do this, others would follow suit. It would, it would flow downhill, so to speak, in terms of the effect that it would have across the board. And I appreciate so much what you just said about not hiring somebody that you'd necessarily want to sit down and have a beer with. Because, right. again, looking at it from the brain personality connection, one of the things that I always tell leaders is you want the differences if you're building a board of of advisors mm-hmm. or you're building your, your upper level management teams or teams, whether it's a sales team or marketing team, whatever it is, you want everyone represented. You want left brainers, right brainers. You want leaders. You want the support system people. You want women. You want men. You want all of these different perspectives because in the mm-hmm. end, the consumer is going to be all of these different things. So you want a, what I call a whole brained uh, approach. Mm-hmm. And when you do this culturally as well, I can really see and feel what a difference it would make for the company as a whole, because you would Absolutely. have these different perspectives that would be in the end, it's going to affect the entire population in a much more mm-hmm. positive much more positive way. So one last, right. one more thing that I that I want to ask you is if you have a leader and they're doing mm-hmm. being intentionally um, helping their their black employees, they're championing for them. What about mm-hmm. really ensuring that 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 diversity and inclusion is throughout your entire workplace? Like you can do it as a leader. But there are a lot of other people mm-hmm. in that office, right, or in that that company. So how can you really create an entire atmosphere or corporate culture that includes true diversity and inclusion? Well, I, I think uh, first and foremost, you, you do have to lead um, from the top. And you have to have your leadership team uh, engaged as well, not just going along but engaged, and everyone is uh, displaying the same behavior. Uh, the other piece of advice that I give CEOs is implement a zero-tolerance policy, right? If you see um, bias or sometimes racism or comments that are made that are still made in the workplace, it doesn't matter who those people are. They have to go. It has to be clear what, where the line is and what is acceptable behavior and what is not acceptable behavior. And where a lot of these efforts tend to fall by the wayside, because people are always skeptical about it, and where it falls by the wayside is when everyone knows that there's that one person who is racist or who's biased but yet is allowed to continue to operate within the company. Right, mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. undoes everything that you've put in place. But I do believe that people, um, people tend to follow their leaders. And if their leaders exhibit behaviors that value diversity 
uh, then others will do the same, right? Because ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, people are quite self-focused, and it's all about getting that next promotion, climbing that ladder, whatever it is. And so they're going to emulate the, um, the, the behaviors that are rewarded, right? So right. if you make diversity, and um, actually I like to use anti-racism, if you make that a value of your corporation and you're true to it, your culture will absolutely change. You know, and I hear so many people, so many companies tell me, you know, Charlene, I can get people into my company, black people into my company, but they don't stay, right? Why don't they stay? And we're, we're inclusive. And I always say, well, are you really inclusive? I mean, how comfortable did that person really feel being the one and only in your company? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... And then I also talk about, I say, you know, inclusion is a, is a great goal. But me, personally, I want belonging. I want you to make me feel that I belong in your, in your company. And when you make me feel like I belong, you're going to get my loyalty, my discretionary performance, and my advocacy. You know, it's, and that's, I believe, what it comes down to. That's why I said earlier the word you know, intentionality, and, and it has to go through the whole corporation. And it's not easy because people do bring their own personal views to work. And, uh, and that's okay, but if those views are different from the values of the corporation, then they just need to go work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and I also try to remind um, executive teams, uh, and I work with a number of executive teams that are all white, and I just, I, I ask myself, just look out at the population. And, you know, we have a diverse population in our country. If your leadership team is all white or all white men, you are making decisions that are completely divorced from the people you're trying to sell to. You know, and, exactly. and what is, what right? And what does that mean for your company going forward? Right? Yeah, and, and it's you know this is very much you know it used to be everyone wanted to make the business case for diversity, right? And then it was well, let's talk about um, you know how we can get the best out of diversity. I think we're going into an era where if you don't have diversity, people are going to opt out of your uh, out of your company. And yeah. you will not be re- you will not be relevant um, to the population that you're trying to serve. Absolutely, I, my my brain is just spinning because I'm envisioning the positive downward snowball that would take place if you had a much more diverse leadership team in companies. Those then those companies those corporations are going to be hiring. And empowering mm-hmm. and championing a more diverse Absolutely. culture throughout it all. And then in turn, that's going to put a demand on those positions that is going to be Correct. opened up and available to our kids growing up and the, 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 black, the black daughter, you know, that is growing up and, and thinking, what mm-hmm. am I going to do with my life if, if she sees this? 
um, this huge snowball coming at her. <laughs> right, right. Right. Because it's, it's this, it's, Oh, there's all of these positions that are available for me. So it's a, it's a, it's a downward spiral that will make, that is a positive one. It's going to make a big difference Absolutely. all the way down in the future. Well, you know, it has just been a pleasure talking with you today. Um, I am, as, as I'm listening to you talk, Charlene, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this, I know this other person that does podcasts and <laughs> they just talked about diversity and you are an absolutely perfect. And, and I've got two or three people that I really want to refer you off to and perhaps have you back to discuss this more because it's much more, much more in depth than just what we can cover in a 30 minute podcast or a right. radio show here. So let me, let me ask you this. If people want to mm-hmm. continue to stay, if they want to get to know you better, they want to, Find out they want to stay connected with you so they can get your book, Lessons from Being Invisible. I am really interested in, in hearing that as well. Uh, how, how do we do it? Okay. So, uh, unfortunately for me right now, my website is down, um, but it should be back up in the, in the next week. So, in the meantime, I, uh, LinkedIn is a great place um, to find me and see what I'm up to. And when my book uh, uh, comes out for pre-orders, uh, and by the way, the, the name of the book is not Lessons from Being Invisible. It oh, is, sorry. Um, that, oh, no, no, that's okay. The name of the book is You Are Enough, um, Reclaiming Your Career and Your Life with Purpose, Passion, and Unapologetic Authenticity. Ooh, and that kind of tells you what the whole book is about. Uh, and certainly... My uh, my email address is within my LinkedIn, and I'm also on the other um, other social media uh, channels where you can find me just by uh, searching Charlene Wheelis, and that's W H E E L E S as in Sam. And so, please feel free anyone to reach out to me. I um, I'm more than happy um, to talk about this. It's um, it's a purpose. It's a passion for me. And, you know, I've learned how to build a career being a black female executive, and I'm anxious to share those lessons and strategies uh, with other uh, women of color and women in general. I want us all to be successful. Well, I so appreciate your, your message, and I appreciate very much you being a guest on the Women Entrepreneur Show today. Um, Again, as, as I'm, as, as we is growing, Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire mm-hmm. is growing. We're we're including so much more information than just for entrepreneurs. So I appreciate your your presence here. And and this isn't to say that this message isn't perfect for entrepreneurs because you're going to have a lot of entrepreneurs oh, that are building their their big business and and you want this to be mm-hmm. something that that you keep in mind. Well, Charlene, thank you once again for being on the program today. For those of you who are listening, I will have her link um, there. Oh, they are on, they're already on the show page for the interview today. So you'll be able to just, just click right on those and connect with Charlene. Thank you, Charlene, for spending your time with Mm -hmm. us today. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been our pleasure. Well, you uh, you heard how to continue to stay in contact with her. I know I am going to go uh, when I'm done here and connect with or make sure I'm connected with her on LinkedIn so I can get that notice uh, when the book is out. And if I remember, I'll, ha- I'll get this to my assistant to, to remind me to put that link when the book does come out on the show page 
for because these podcasts, of course, are evergreen. If you want to connect with women entrepreneurs extraordinaire more, you can always visit our website, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. Remember, it is all plural, women, W-O-M-E-N, entrepreneurs with an S, extraordinaire.com. That's where you can find out all the different membership levels. We have some amazing, if, if you just want your business to be seen better, we have a $10 a year membership where you just put your profile up on the on the company or on the page and we cross link it to you so if anything it's probably one of the cheapest ways you'll ever have to get uh seo right so join us we're always looking for uh, leaders as well experts to jump in and help we are in the growth stage you can also stay in contact with us at women entrepreneurs extraordinaire group on facebook You can follow us on Instagram. We are also on Instagram now. And we are very happy here to take all kinds of suggestions. If you have a great woman who you think should be interviewed on the Women Entrepreneurs Show, or if you are a dynamic woman and you have a message that you want to share, shoot us an email at info, I-N-F-O at WomenEntrepreneursExtraordinaire.com. If you like this show, please share it out. Uh, Charlene had some wonderful, a wonderful message Click the share like button and share to your favorite social media place. Share it with your friends. Let's spread the message. Let's get this information out there and just empower as many as we can along the way as we lead. All right, everyone. Again, I want to thank you for being a part and listening with us today. And as I like to close out my Brain Lady Speaks as well, I just want everyone, you know what? Take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. It's been a tough year. It's been a tough year, but we are going to come out of it shining brightly. So take a deep breath, and until next week, simply enjoy every moment.